What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast brought to you by Keeping Carlson. I'm your host, Louis Ezekiel, and joining me tonight uh, for the first time as a member of the Keeping Carlson family, the rock star of the retweet, the lord of the line combo, the baron of breaking news, the titan of tweet deck, Shams Benamore. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you. Oh, happy to be here. It's weird to be on this side. I'm used to always just uh, shuffling in to make sure to catch the live streams. And now uh, sit in the chat. I'm actually on the video. So uh, happy to be here. <laughs> well, listen, we are all psyched to, to benefit from your expertise. Uh, I'm sure nobody in the uh, in the Keeping Carlson patrons uh, maybe are unaware of this, but uh, Shams is uh, the power behind our game day tweets, all the various uh, accounts that I uh recommend at the end of every episode uh, and that also show up all throughout the discord uh, keeping all the latest breaking news uh, the dude is on top of it i don't know that there is anyone in the fantasy hockey world more plugged in uh, in terms of like understanding the length and breadth of the whole league so uh, i think we're just really psyched to have you and, and very uh, excited to have you share your expertise uh, running an outstanding cupful team this season, which is not something many of the podcast hosts have been able to say. So we really are improving. Uh, we're improving our overall uh, numbers just by by bringing you into the fold. I think that was the real secret uh, to to increase our win loss record. <laughs> well, now that you say that, it just uh, hit me. I think it was I was undefeated, and I think it was actually once we started talking about the. Uh, the potential of me joining us. I ended up getting my first two losses. So oh, I think geez, it may yeah. be uh, so you're getting, coming you're on to the me. Podcast, uh, the mega bump. <laughs> well, uh, if anything, that just proves, uh, proves why we are in the state that we are in, I suppose. Um, but we are joining you here on a Thursday with no hockey, a very strange experience for me. I feel, uh, to be recording on a Thursday without, you know, having half of my window dedicated to seeing, uh, what's going to go up in the, uh, in the goals and assists channel. Um, but, you know, uh, our attention is less split. Uh, and instead, we're going to be focusing on a couple important injury updates. Uh, and then we're going to look through some of the players who don't play a whole awful lot for the remainder of this matchup. Uh, we're going to play keep or cut uh, with some of those players. And then we've got a list of potential replacements if you decide you are going to uh, cut bait with some of those guys who might be an interesting add. Uh, for the remainder of this matchup, uh, which uh, if you're playing on Yahoo, uh, is that two-week matchup with only the four ads. So you got to be really judicious here. Uh, I know I have saved all of my moves, not necessarily because I'm you know, playing an elite uh, big brain game, uh, but because I just don't have a whole lot to do with them up in tier one. Shams, you've been, you've been jumping and, and making some of these moves already, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I was thinking about doing that same thing. I've I like when uh, Brian says when uh, there's not a particular person that you want to jump for, just let everyone else make the decision, and then you can just take whoever's left over with more information. But I ended up having an itchy trigger finger and then um, ended up using two of my four moves already. The first one, it's a pretty easy sell because I had uh, Connor Ingram from last week trying to stream him in. So I had an easy drop, and then I used... uh, that on Cam Fowler. So I was just able to get all four games of him because I only had 2D at the time. And then last night, I ended up just uh, doing an impulse pickup and ready to get burned again because he did nothing when I first picked him up. I think he got a total of two points for me, and that was a couple points, sadly, not actual goals and assists. Uh, I'm going with Bjorkstrand again just because with uh, Kevin's wonderful uh, couple 
ownership percentage. I think it was like in the nineties, and I'm like, okay, is this just me being picky? Yeah, gotta, and gotta like go with the so will of the people on that one. Yeah, there you go. There yeah, you go. so half of them gone, and then we'll see what I do because I still have like group hour left over, and I actually have one or two of the people that were going to be talking on the keep cut list. So maybe I'll uh, change my mind and have uh, space to add the two more people. Well, listen, you've been uh, you've been on the winning side of the ledger more often than not. So I don't think anyone here is going to going to question your approach. Uh, seems like it's, it's going quite well. Um, I do want to ask one question before uh, we head into uh, our, our items that we wanted to talk about today. Uh, and that question simply is, how do you do it? I think the people people want to know how is it exactly that Shams is able to stay so on top of all of the news and get it to us so rapidly. Like I know, I know that when I'm able to make a move, like um, I remember I beat uh, Jordan to pick up Franco's, uh, and I was like, yes, I got, I grabbed it before Shams was able to retweet it and let everyone know, and that <laughs> felt like a major personal accomplishment. And I know Jordan said something similar in the chat. He was like, ah, oh, I was waiting for the retweet. I should have been looking through it myself. So how is it that you get onto these things so fast? Well, the fun thing is, is that uh, with everyone that has any connection to Twitter knows that it's, let's just say, not going in the uh, best direction right now. So it's doing a little bit of extra work. But uh, the really the nice thing that what I was doing at the start is I had a suite of uh, third-party apps that I was using. So basically, I have like literally a third monitor to the right of me right now that literally just has Twitter up. And one of the uh, columns is literally just all of the NHL beat writers and the insiders and whatnot. So I literally have a screen dedicated to that. And then I do use that Twitter list as well on my phone. Then I'm like, um, it's a little bit different now with all the changes to Twitter. But before when I had the ability, I would literally read every single tweet. So effectively, like say if I'm like, say it up and then I'd go to bed, there'd be like, say 300 tweets. (laughs) I would literally read every single one to make sure, because you'll notice that like, there's going to be, Especially with the West Coast news, a cable end at like one Eastern. But like what will happen is that the beat writers are going to be writing two or three more hours. So when you're in bed, there's still news coming out. So it was one of those things of just making sure you always have your eyes on. And then uh, after a while, you know who to look for and just... Yeah, you know, it's just a time investment, basically. <laughs> for sure. Well, listen, we thank you for your service. It is uh, amazing what you're able to accomplish here. And it seems like it's paying off uh, for your fantasy success as well. Uh, all right, let's jump right into things. We got to start in Vegas, uh, where we got news about uh, an indefinite absence for a key player. Uh, Shams, tell us about what's going on here. So this is where it was uh, nice to see Mark Stone come back. It was I forget exactly how long, but sadly, it was not long enough because he is now out indefinitely uh, having a back surgery. So there's not an official timeline. There is a little bit of rumor that he might be coming back with like at the end of the year, like close to the playoffs or possibly the playoffs. But for fantasy managers, effectively, he is gone for the whole season. And then for us, we have quickly seen that. It's not one of those situations where the rest of the team could pick up. There's a lot of star power. We have Eichel, you got Marcheseau, you got Petrangelo. You think that, you know, it will be a little bit of a dip, but these stats are night and day. For example, when Mark Stone was in, they were getting about 5.3 goals a game or per 60. Then without Stone, that has dropped by three goals to 2.3. Their scoring chances dropped by a quarter. And they're like, You could just go through all of their per 60 sets and it's just effectively plummeting. And on top of it all, you have Eichel, who is a top three uh, point 
our uh, top three round choice, effectively doing nothing. So really what it is, is if you look at the top point getters in the last 14 days, it's random people like Kessel and I think like Paul Cotter just getting random points. So it's top time other than maybe Petrangelo. And then like for me, like I have Marcia, so like there's not much you could do. It's just kind of hold your nose and hope for the best. And people are talking about trade deadline, but like they don't even have like what do they have to trade? They gave away like all their assets to get Eichel that like there's going to be nothing really on the road to come and help. At least that's a big name. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's just been really grim. I think that was, you know, Eichel was a guy who was very much on my radar, but I wasn't able to, to uh, take on the price that, that, it would have taken to get him uh, in any of the leagues that I was in. And it seems like I dodged a real bullet there, which is too bad. Cause I really like Eichel. I love a guy who can take a ton of shots, but uh, it's just, you know, this is the the second stop where it seems like at times things really don't work out for him. So, uh, and yeah, as you say, you know, losing Mark Stone, that's not one of those situations where you say, okay, who's the next man up? Who's going to you know benefit from getting this deployment. It's one of those losses that, that just hurts the whole team. Uh, similarly, although it doesn't sound like it's going to be nearly as serious, uh, we did hear uh, that Tage Thompson, uh, who did not return for the third period of uh, Wednesday's game uh, due to an upper body injury. Uh, how worried should Thompson owners be? He has been one of the great stars of the fantasy season so far. Luckily, I think this is going to be a better story. Nothing official because... Something to remember, it was, I think it was around Sunday, there was a weird news that he was, like, not practicing, and then the team announced he was day-to-day, and then the next, like, I think it was a day Tuesday before the game, he's just back practicing fine, game-time decision, and then he was playing on the Wednesday game. So it was a little bit of weird news, and then on top of it, they were getting trounced. I think it was either, like, 4-1 or, like, 5-1 at that time when... He was not coming back. So I think it was one of those things where he might be slightly ailing. And then when he was not doing well, they're like, okay, let's just shut him down. And then the news is out that he's not going to be up attending the All-Star game. But I think it's if someone just had a, you know, a light sneeze. They would probably say that they're uh, avoiding that game just to be safe. And then on top of it, the nice news is this, uh, Frank Cervalli did uh, tweet. I forget the exact wording, but effectively that it's not. A long-term thing. So for my feeling, since their next game is on Saturday, you probably have plenty of time to heal. And then the nice thing to now do is that you can just have them on your IR plus and then just use that spot. Like for me in one week, I have him. I just put him there and then I picked up uh, a random goalie to stream on uh, early in the next week. So I think it might be a just nice benefit in disguise since there's no games coming in. Hopefully, it is what people are saying is just kind of a dick and bruise kind of thing than anything serious. Yeah, that's a real silver lining approach. And I, I think you may be right, because if it is that kind of short term thing, like, yeah, you get to you get to sit him on the bench for uh, that kind of empty start of the week up until Saturday. And then you can get him right back in uh, and hopefully he'll have taken the time to heal. You know, no, no risk during the All-Star game. Not that anybody's going all out there anyway. Uh, but, you know. Uh, we always assume a certain de- degree of risk simply walking out of the door in the morning, right? Uh, so yes, we, we oh, yeah. saw some changes to the lineups, but uh, I don't think it's anything that you would take too seriously given that, uh, we're likely to see Thompson back in action. Um, and you know, we mentioned, 
you know, Buffalo is one of those teams uh, that does not have a game again up until Saturday. Uh, and, you know, we kind of went through a list and put together some players from Boston, Buffalo, Washington, Carolina, L.A., Ottawa, and uh, Winnipeg uh, as, you know, some potential teams that maybe, you know, if you need to win this week, if you are in tough and fighting for that playoff spot, maybe one of these players uh, is is worth letting go. Uh, so I thought maybe we just kind of go through those teams one by one, take a look at some of the players uh, who are – uh, potentially uh, droppable there and talk about whether we want to uh, keep or cut in this segment. So let's start with Boston. Um, we've got Pavel Zaka, 27% owned on Yahoo. Uh, nine points in the last 10 games playing on that second line. Uh, maybe a potential uh, for a risk of losing some playing time when Jake DeBrus returns. He's expected to come back on the 11th on Saturday. Um any concerns here? Is Zach a guy that you would keep or cut? Um, I have him in one league, and I, at this point, have zero thought of letting him go. Basically, the situation I'm in is that I could take a loss or two as well, so I'm not in a really scary spot. The only thing is, is what I'll add is um, something I've been noticing the last few games is that if there is in a close matchup or they need to come from behind, they are bringing the perfection line back together. So, for example, the most frequent line was uh, Zaka, Pasternak, and Krejci with six minutes on five on five. But the Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak had five minutes of five on five last game. So that is a kind of a thing that you're just going to have to keep in mind. But honestly, even with that, he had some points last time. There has to be like a, if I lose my next game, I'm out of the playoffs. That's the only situation where I would consider possibly dropping Saka in this scenario. Yeah, good. I'm with you there. I, I don't think, uh, you know, I asked kind of as a devil's advocate, but I don't think there's much risk of him losing time when DeBrusque returns. You've got Craig Smith playing some time up where DeBrusque used to be, and I think it's easy just to flop him down back to line three and let Zaka keep the chemistry that he clearly has. Uh Moving on to Buffalo, um, a couple recommendations. These were interesting. These are maybe for, for your shallower leagues, um, but we've got Owen Power, 52% uh, rostered, Dylan Cousins at 56%. Uh, either of those guys, someone you are willing to cut loose here. Uh, I'm split on them, just to, to presage my, my response. So for me, I am a person that habitually um, undervalues defenders. So, for example, I think it was like round 10 or 12 in Kakuffle when I actually drafted my first defenseman just to show how I have a priority I put them on. I just like shuffling in people in and out and riding hot streaks. And then with that in mind, I am hesitant to keep power because he wasn't really doing too much beforehand. Then he had like two or three games in a row with like a goal and a couple points. Like he's not getting that much pegger stats as well. So I have a feeling that. It might be a situation where, like, 100%, you could drop him and regret it, but you could easily keep him for that Saturday game. He might get you, like, two shots and a hit, and you ended up losing out on three starts for someone else. So I would be open to dropping power. He's not a person that I would be so coveted to keep. And then on the other side, Cousins, I'm... I think he's done enough for long enough, in my opinion, that even with the one game, 
I would be hesitant to consider dropping him because I feel like that even while he's on the second line, that second line has been performing well enough that I would put it up there with like any of the other second line top ones that are uh, from a fantasy standpoint. Right on. I, I came down in the same position. I thought I would be fine to drop power, and I think Cousins would be much tougher for me to make that decision. Uh, obviously, his high ownership indicates that he you know, has been playing nicely enough to, to make his way into a lot of rosters. Um, yeah, I'm coming down in the same way. I don't think I need a ton more explanation there. Let's jump over to the Capitals. Uh, so three players that we have here, Eric Gustafson at 42%, Dylan Strom at 27%, and TJ Oshie at 30%. Out of these folks uh, with, uh, I believe there's two games left, and they're Saturday, Sunday, and that Saturday is a very busy day. So I don't know, uh, m- maybe Gustafson gets in if you're riding with you know your base level of defensemen. Um, but how do we feel about, about these guys? I'll, I'll take this one. Uh, first here uh, for Gustafson, he's a keep for me. Uh, we know that Carlson is going to still be out for a while longer. Yes, he's been cold lately, but uh, he did have two assists in the most recent game. Uh, I think that's a guy that I want to hold on to if I can. Like you said, uh, that could be a, a regretful potential drop. I think more so than Power, even though he's less uh, less well owned. Um, Oshie and Strom, I think I'm okay with letting go. Uh, I did let Dylan Strom go in a league that we are both in together. Uh, he was a guy who I had bid on pretty heavily when I had the chance. He's playing with with Ovechkin, but he just has not been doing a lot of production. Uh, and I think he's been slow enough that if I do feel like I want to pick him up for Sunday as a as a last streamer and maybe to try to take advantage next week of his deployment with Ovechkin, then I think I could do that. And if I can't, I'm not going to be shedding any tears. Uh, Oshie, too. You know, uh, I think I, I, you know, uh, certainly capable of maybe putting together uh, a more of a multi-point game, uh, more likely than Strom perhaps, but not getting the kind of deployment that is so special that I think he needs to be held on to either. Yeah, I think we're 100% on the same page here. I was joking about uh, not a big fan of uh, D and whatnot, but still I would keep uh, Gustafson here like, the thing that uh, makes me hesitant with the forwards is that they seem to be at least the last few games have been just shuffling their lines all over the place. So you can't look at any past history of any expectation of where people are going to be. So that's really hard to hold someone for over a calendar week with no games than just be hoping be like, oh, I want them for this reason, knowing that at any point that could be just anything else. So I could not think about keeping them. So what I would do is I would be open to dropping them. And then I'm with you is that Strobe seems to be like an everything or nothing. Cause when you talk about picking up in that league with the high bid, I think I was actually the person to drop him because I was having a good time with him. And then a couple of those zeros or like the one or two shots and absolutely nothing else happened too many times that I just had enough, but he is that kind of guy that, you pick him up for the Saturday, Sunday, or probably will just be the Sunday because your Saturday is probably booked. You could get like a gold assist or something like that. That could be the, the thing that puts you over. And then if you're far enough behind and he does nothing, you're going to lose anyway. So could be a someone to target as a home run pick uh, later on after you drop him if no one else uh, thinks the same. For sure. All right, uh, let's jump over to another team that has played. Uh, this is a, f- a four-game team, I believe, but has played, or a three-game team, maybe. Uh, two of its games already, though, for the week, uh, done. So that's the the Carolina Hurricanes uh, on our list. 
Uh, we have a 5% Yusperi Kokaniemi, a 20% Jordan Stahl, a 33% Seth Jarvis, and a 47% Brady Shea. Uh, maybe we can find some areas to, to disagree on this one. Um, out of the forwards, uh, I actually kind of like Kokaniemi. Um, He's been on the Sveshnikov line. Uh, he's been more productive. Three assists in the last couple games. Uh, I added him just to get those first two games you know, with my last ad from last week, just to get those two games to start the week off and was very happy with him. Jarvis has been up there with Aho, but just has not been producing anything. Uh, Stahl has been productive, but I just feel like, you know, he doesn't have the deployment and he can kind of switch off at any given moment. So of those three forwards, I actually like the least owned among them. Kokanemi is available just about everywhere. Uh, and, you know, I, not to the point where I think necessarily that you should hold on to him, uh, with, with so much time between games, but a guy that I would at least keep my eye on because I do think that he is interesting and I think he is far enough off people's radars, uh, that when it comes time to pick some of these guys back up heading into, uh, the next matchup, uh, that's a guy that I actually have some interest in who I think is, is widely available and maybe should be owned in more leagues. Uh, but probably isn't given the, the upcoming schedule. Uh, as for Brady Shea, he's been playing really well. Obviously, Burns, uh, we talked about last episode with Jeremy, uh, has been going off. Uh, and I think that he just because he's still getting the first, at least he has been getting the first power play deployment. I imagine he will lose it to Burns eventually, but I, I'm going to slow play that one. Uh, I think if I have him, unless I am desperately hard up uh, in my matchup, that's a guy that I would rather hold on to. So I'm with you. I'll start with Shay. Is I have him in two of my leagues, and I am of the same mind that like the thing that gets me is that I think in earlier on his streak he was getting some bagger stats. That so even if like nothing was happening, it would add to his few shots. But right now he's turning into like I wouldn't say like I, I used this as a pejorative before of like a. Tory Krug, I hate those kind of defensemen in uh, bangers. It's just like, you'll get a shot, maybe a block. And if there's no points, you get absolutely nothing. And then that is kind of what Shea is turning into recently, is that he might get you maybe a few shots. It'll be a random day, he'll get like five shots. And then the other day, it'll be like a shot and a block. So for me, I am, he's on the wire for me of just like being as a cut, but it's one of those things of just checking your other people. Because, for example, I had enough people that were like streamers for my last week that I was able to cut bait before I decided to get to him. So, so if I'm in a close matchup and I really need to make a move or something, I feel like that might be a person I'm looking to cut, but not really rushing to do so. And then I think on uh, at least with the forwards, honestly, in my opinion, other than the obvious people, your HS, your Aho, and your like Svetch. Maybe you throw a terrified in there as well now. Like, I just look at the rest as almost like uh, Seattle, where it's just all of them are fine hockey players. They can do something, but at absolutely no point do you know, oh, is Jordan Stahl right away going to get a gold assist today? Or is it going to be Jarvis piggybacking off of Ajo? Like, it just feels like such a random grab bag that if you want to play that game, you're going to get rewarded well with like a nice gold assist here. But I just feel like I would rather probably the best way to look at it is if you need the variance and you want the points and you need like to make sure that you're going against a high scoring opponent and you need the bigger points. Maybe that's someone that you're going for. But if you feel confident with the rest of your team, 
I would be thinking of like taking a look elsewhere where you get that person that's going to get you the three shots for sure. Maybe he's involved in the hits and blocks and then maybe won't be as likely to get a goal. Say like uh, we're going to be talking about some Philly guys later that I have a picture of a few of them there that I might prefer more than these Carolina guys, but they might not be as likely to get you that goal to assist game that might put you over the edge on a Sunday. Yeah, you know, you're looking at these guys and you think they're pretty much as good as any random streamer. So I would rather have three games from a random streamer than one game from a random streamer. It seems like an easy pick, Uh, you know. So, yeah, I wanted to bring up Kokanemi just because I think that's a guy that I want to I want to keep an eye on in the aftermath. Uh, We are overdue for a break here. So we're going to take a quick one here. And uh, when we come back, we've got three more potential cuts. uh, And then we're going to each run through three players that we like as a potential ad. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. All right. Uh, we wanted to talk about a couple more guys that we might be willing to cut loose. Let's cover them all at once. Uh, for LA, we talked Phil Dano at 30% owned uh, at Ottawa, Jake Sanderson at 30%, and for Winnipeg, uh, Blake Wheeler, uh, 50% owned, but maybe someone, especially in a shallower league. You know, we talked Power and Cousins, uh, Shea and Gustafson are in the same realm of ownership. Uh, maybe someone that you might be willing to let go uh, if you're in a close match. Uh, is there any one of those that stands out as particularly? Particularly interesting as a keep cut question. Uh, for me, it's, uh, Wheeler is actually an interesting thing, and it, it kind of depends on your uh, league type. For me, is that I actually had the option of going for him, and I'm in a shallow cats league, and just because he does so little, like elsewise, he'll get maybe like a shot or two, and then like a goal or a power play assist. That like even though he's getting points. Sometimes it's just like not enough to move the needle. So in a cat's league, I might be tempted to drop him, even if he's doing points. And it kind of depends on your makeup because I picked up a lot of powerful forwards. So I'm usually winning in points. So just kind of look at, even though he's doing things, if he's moving the needle for you in your uh, categories, that he might be actually someone that's decent, but, or maybe sell him as a trade bait for someone else if he's going to be too good on the waiver wire just to give up. Yeah, I think even with his ownership at twice, Dylan Stroms, they're kind of similar in a lot of ways. Like, they're both kind of boomer bust guys. They both are attractive because of their deployment more than their own personal skill at this point. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think despite the vast disparity in their ownership, I do look at them as being pretty similar. Uh, Jake Sanderson for me at 30% is a guy that I'm happy to part ways with. I thought he was pretty interesting when he seemed to be stealing a little bit of that power play opportunity. And I think Tommy Shabbat was, was injured for part of that. Um, but you know, uh, nothing I think to, to be too impressed with now and Phil Dano, you know, uh, on the team primarily to be a defensive guy. Every once in a while, it seems like one of those games you see just one line take over. And sometimes it is that second line, but really it seems like most of the scoring is coming from the top with the Kopitar line with Kempe, uh, and from the third line with Fiala, uh, Lizat and, um, whoever's filling in for Velarde these days, uh, Jared Anderson Dolan, I think. Uh, so I, would definitely be okay dropping Dino or Sanderson, uh, Wheeler, a bit more of a coin flip. But like I said, you know, I was willing to toss Strom. I think I'd be willing to toss Wheeler too. That might be a little bloodthirsty for some people's, uh, for some people's sensibilities. But, uh, I think, you know, I think, uh, I see you nodding along a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a spot that, that I could see, uh, a letting him go. I, uh, yeah, you're preaching to the choir there. I'm 100% on board with, uh, Sanderson and, uh, Dino. 
Yeah, cut them, cut them, cut them. All right. Uh, so we each said we were going to take three guys as potential alternatives to plug in in some of these spots. If you were to cut one of these, uh, we both cheated uh, and ended up taking two guys and three guys from a single team. Uh, so we're still ending up even. Uh, it's going to be a long shift, folks, but that's okay. We uh, we did some getting to know you stuff at the start. I think uh, people need something to sustain them into uh, the long, dark uh, all-star break weekend where the fantasy is just not going to be hitting those dopamine levers for us. Uh, I will start us off, and I'm going to talk about someone who I kind of bagged on during the last episode with Jeremy, and that's Kyle Palmieri. Um, Jeremy, I don't know, he kind of he kind of had me convinced a little bit that uh, the person with Horvat coming uh, to the island, uh, that Anders Lee would be the one who might be more threatened on the power play due to their similar roles, and that Palmieri might be able to maintain that spot. You know, he's had five assists in the last four games. He's averaged three shots a game over that time. Uh, you know, I just think that he is is an interesting uh, potential option. And at only 8% owned, he should be widely available uh, as a potential grab. Um, maybe not as interesting as some of the folks I'm going to mention with my later picks, but uh, I wanted to, to give him a little bit of credit because I kind of ripped on him in the last episode with Jeremy. And uh, for my pick, I was hinting to this guy earlier to the show is I am a big fan of Owen Tippett because for what he does for me in Philly, he's not a flashy player, but he just shoots so much and he just gets involved in goals and assists and times that you're never going to be put in a position where he's going to be like giving you a zero pointer in like a points league or leave you with no categories. And especially in a situation here with uh, having those four games, even if the uh, Saturday one's full filled, the three games prior say you have him and you pick him up in place of a injured Thompson, for example, is that those three games, you're going to get something out of him. It may not be the flashy thing, but when you add three games of it, it's going to be a decent amount that might be enough to tip the needle in your favor. Yeah, four points and nearly four shots a game over the last four games. So uh, four more games from him through the rest of the week, that could be a, a really nice opportunity. All right, my second guy that I want to talk about is Lafreniere at 18% uh, rostered. He's had four points in the last four games also. Uh, he's shooting about uh, two and a half times a game over the last couple of weeks, playing on the kid line. Uh, and what I really think is interesting about him is I noticed that his shooting percentage is about 10% below his shooting percentage from the previous two years. Um, you know, maybe that is some regression to the mean, but he's, you know, less than half of what he was achieving during those times. So if he uh, starts to regress in a more positive direction, that could really be a good opportunity uh, to see some nice improvement. Uh, so Lafreniere, I have a pretty near the top of my list for guys that I'm interested in dropping in. He does play on that busy Saturday, so I might not be getting quite as many games out of him. Uh, but I do uh, like that option, certainly, uh, with the success he's been having with the kid line. Uh, I'm cheating here, but just really quick, VZ hasn't piled up the same point totals, but he is lining up with Panarin and Zibanejad. Doesn't get much better than that uh, for even strength in New York either. Uh, and then who's your next guy? So my next guy is uh, Varmelov. And the nice thing with him is that if you're in a position where you're were better than me and actually held your pickups, is that the Islanders play Monday and Tuesday. So let's hopefully say that he gets, I believe it's Philly first, then the second game is uh, Seattle. So it might be a little bit dicey. But the nice thing, though, is, is that you know you're going to get a start from him early in the week. And then you could actually end up using your other moves to, say, pick up these other skaters. Maybe you miss out on the Monday start, but you'll get something out of him, like uh, the goalie 
which has actually been played well the last two games, and then uh, parlay that into another pickup later down the road. Because what thing I've noticed is if you're holding, trying to save your uh, goalie streams to the late into the week, you can end up with like a random Sunday games where you don't want any of them, but you just have to use your moves. So sometimes it's just nice to get that goalie stream out early in the week. Yeah, for sure. And it will be interesting to see if uh, New York is playing a little bit inspired now that they've had a bit of a shakeup. Uh, all right. And I said, too, I was uh, I was going to cheat a little bit. We both cheated a little bit because Anaheim and Seattle are the teams that we are going to discuss some players from. Uh, neither of those teams plays on that busy Saturday. So you are the most likely to be able to get four full games out of these players. Uh, we mentioned Simone Benoit on the big show uh, for a solid peripheral, f- peripheral floor. Um, but for my money, I like Henrik at 15%, Vetrano at 6%, uh, Cam Fowler at 16%. All of them are averaging six plus fantasy points per game in Kakupful over the last two weeks uh, and are widely available. Uh, and another player there that you might think about, Anthony Stolarz, uh, I would imagine is more likely to get the second game of the back to back against Chicago uh, as opposed to the front end against Dallas, which looks a little scary. Uh, I went ahead and grabbed him in the Babutful, the league that we are in together. I'm up against Jeremy this week, uh, and I'm hoping that I get Stoli uh, against uh, the woeful Chicago Blackhawks as opposed to the potentially very dangerous uh, Dallas Stars. Yeah, and as I mentioned before, it's kind of pick your poison with Seattle. So the main players that we had in mind were um, Yorkstrand, McCann, and Tolvanen. But you could even do some deep cuts in, as we were mentioning before, with Bobotful. Um I actually picked up Wenberg with a leftover pick I had on Sunday. So really what it is is just kind of take a look at your uh, league settings and just kind of see which players float up. As per your settings, which certain ones that get the most benefit, like maybe if it's hits and blocks, get a little bit more value. Even maybe a Yanny Gord might be someone to take a flyer on. But I feel like after uh, McCann and Bjorkstrand, those would probably be my top priorities. And then like Tolvanen, maybe a little bit behind, but don't ignore the rest. They could be of value with you. And especially with that not playing on Saturday, you could get all four games with just one pickup. Yeah, right. I mean, definitely would rather have four games of Wenberg than one game of Jarvis, considering how he's been performing. Despite that good deployment, you know, uh, it's it's all just potential until, you know, the rubber hits the back of the net. So if it's not happening, uh, you know, think about moving on. Shams, this has been a blast. So fun to have you on. Uh, you know, we, we went way long on our shift here, and that is fine. I don't think the people will complain too much. You can always listen to it at a, at a faster speed, friends, if, uh, if that's what you need. Um, but we are going to take it out of here for today thank you so much for joining us uh, on your podcast feed or if you came uh, for the twitch stream please be sure to give us a follow at short shifts kk you can find brian and elon at keeping carlson uh, also recommend of course can't say it enough here today at game day lines at game day goalies at game day news nhl uh, you can visit all the great sites we use to research our episodes at yahoo frozen tools and natural stat trick our intro and outro music was created by pat roach john reed is our digital media producer and until we see you next time play smart and keep Keep your shifts short, unlike us today.